How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Also, what did his incident do for you the value of your draft, of your number one and kind of how far you Yeah, we aren't really there yet. Like the combine, it's, it's a collection of information. We got some there. We got more, you know, at the pro day. We'll bring him in and talk to him and get to know him even better. And in some point in mid-April, we'll sit down and put it all on the table and see how we want to handle it. Well, here we are. We're in the middle of April. We're just over a week before the NFL draft begins. So I'm guessing Ryan Poles has an idea of what the Bears would be doing if Jalen Carter is there at number nine. That's precisely who he was discussing. I think that was my guy Patrick Finley who was asking him that question coming off of the pro day performance of Jalen Carter after the combine news that broke about Jalen Carter and everything that has come out since then as well. A lot of questions will be asked and answered, have been asked and answered up to this point. What will the Bears do at number nine? How will the draft play out? Frankly, some of the other top storylines around the NFL offseason. A lot I want to get into with my guest here on the Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. One of the best analysts in the business. His name is Corey Chavis. Played for over a decade in the National Football League. Made a Pro Bowl and now runs DraftNastyMagazine.com. You can find him on Twitter at Corey Chavis, and you can also find the magazine at DraftNastyCom on the Twitter sphere as well. Corey, how you doing this evening? Man, I'm doing good, Ed. Man, how are you doing, man? Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, I'm outstanding. I'm so excited for what's going to take place next weekend because we're going to have all these different careers that will be beginning their professional journey. I'm going to call a USFL game tomorrow, so that's one professional route for the sport, guys who have bounced in and out of the league. That's one route they're going down. But when the NFL draft is upon us next weekend, starting next Thursday night, some big questions to be asked and answered by Ryan Poles and the Bears, his very first first-round pick. So let's start with that, that sound that my guy Tyler played coming out of break. They're specific to Jalen Carter because we – I don't know if we see this type of story every single year, but we, we certainly see it frequently enough related to draft prospects and how teams try to balance – the concerns that can be there for a player off the field with the evaluation of what he can do for your franchise between the white lines. What what stands out to you about the Jalen Carter scenario? And do you think there's much chance that he may fall down to the bears at nine? Well, and I mean, I think there's a possibility, but I think on draft day, and you know this as well as anybody, I mean, there's, 
you, you hear a lot of noise leading up to it, but talent has a way, I think, sometimes of making its way back to the top. Now, it's to the point where the, whatever you know, teams know that maybe hasn't been made public, I think if it's to the point where maybe there's some other things that have even come out, I, I do think there's a possibility in that scenario that certainly Carter could be available at pick nine. And the defensive line is where I've been saying this for a little while that I think out of a Bears roster that, that really went into the offseason needing help everywhere. I thought Ryan Poles did a nice job with the DJ Moore acquisition and trading down and getting some future draft capital along with that. So that, that you know, it's kind of insulates things at receiver a bit more. And then if other guys get healthy, there should be more weaponry around Justin Fields. I think the D-line, they've made some acquisitions there, but – they're going to need more in this draft cycle. How, how do you view the D-line position in this upcoming draft and, and where maybe it's best or deepest? Well, I think at the defensive tackle position, you talk about Jalen Carter, but, I mean, certainly you have – and I guess you'd have to wonder where a guy like Kalaja Cancy would fit within uh, maybe their plans because I think he's somebody that uh, certainly, uh, I believe, has a chance to kind of develop in, in a different type of way Certainly a, a completely different prospect at only six one and about two hundred and eighty pounds. But I mean, there's some, so some other players in, in terms of those three four defensive ends or defensive tackles. I think Keon White uh, out of Georgia Tech is another interesting player who I believe has value on either in round one or round two. Uh, Keanu Benton is right down the road in Wisconsin. Uh, I think he's a, a burgeoning prospect and because I think he's somebody that plays well with his hands. He's, he hasn't really developed, I think, a complete toolkit yet as a pass rusher, but he's, he's cer- certainly nimble enough. He's explosive, uh, and, and I think he's violent, and I think that's one of the things that, that will help him in terms of being an, an interior defensive lineman. And, and certainly depends on how you look at your former school's uh, player in Lucas Van Ness, do you look at him as a 3-4 defensive man or some teams obviously have projected him as a edge guy? I think he kind of fits as a 3-4 defensive man uh, and can give you a little bit of pass rush even if he's a line head up over a tackle. He's played a lot, as you know, inside a defensive tackle. So those are some of the names, I think, from an interior perspective that maybe are some of the higher names. But I think there's another group, too, that's pretty good right after those guys. Yeah, I completely agree on Van Ness. I've said that on the station here a couple of times also, just that you know he's a guy who's really green and, and kind of raw, but may plays at Iowa, but still very young, just in kind of developing into his immense physical presence, his body, his athleticism. Hadn't really learned how to play the position, you know, even at a, a real high level yet. So I think as a projection He's going to be an exceptional pro eventually, not necessarily a, a day one stud as I see it, but I think that five technique spot like you referenced, I think that really will end up suiting him well for, for someone to draft him and, and plan on playing him there. I think that'll be where he transitions to most quickly. Now, with the Bears having the, the ninth pick, Corey, because the roster could use help in a, in a lot of different places, I don't necessarily know that the Bears are in a, in a space to use a really high pick on a running back. But B. John Robinson would mm-hmm. definitely upgrade him in the backfield. And there was a time when, you know, when you were playing the game, when I was playing the game, where a running back <laughs> going to the top ten wouldn't have been a big deal. But nowadays, it is. 
Do you see Bijan Robinson going in the top ten? Do you see the Bears as a team that should be willing to consider him? I, I think when when you look at the Bears and and some of the success that they've had, I mean, the first name that comes to mind is Khalil Herbert because a guy that kind of was overlooked. I mean, again, as somebody who has had some production or had some production with the team and a guy that was certainly overlooked in the draft. So I, I think that, to your point, would you or could you uh, take a player like Robinson very high and say you're comfortable going into it using a pick that high? I, I think he's kind of a rare player, though. I mean, I think you probably would agree I think if you bring him in, I think it kind of expands what you do with Justin Fields in the run game uh, to a a totally different degree. And and also I think one of the things that would happen with them, he's a little bit of a personality runner because, you know, his style is a little bit different, I think, than maybe some of the people who haven't really seen him and, you know, maybe in detail, his creativity you know, it's kind of like, you know, going back to Barry Sanders and those kind of guys with some of the stuff that he does on the field. Uh, so I do think he's worth the top ten pick and maybe kind of an outlier in this theme of running backs uh, not going high. Corey Chavis of DraftNastyMagazine.com, my guest here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. He is on Twitter at Corey Chavis, and Draft Magazine is at DraftNasty.com on Twitter as well. And the the defensive backs, like I've, I've said a couple of times, I think there's a decent chance that the Bears, uh, if they stay at number nine, Bears fans could end up kind of upset because if there's any position that's kind of a group position where the Bears are situated in pretty good shape, it's the secondary right now. Like they're in decent shape for DBs, but at number nine, like what the best value might be, might be you know a guy like a Devin Witherspoon from Illinois, a Joey Porter Jr. From Penn State, there's some DBs that might be on the board at nine that you might look at and say, if we're just going best player available, it might be a corner, and Bears fans might end up being upset because they don't necessarily need a corner <laughs> right now. Who do you like at the top of the draft board in the in the secondary? Well, man, you 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 hit it right on the head, and I, I feel like that uh, the cornerback position is the deepest that I've done in probably at least a decade. It, it kind of wow. t- takes me back to like the early 2000s and some of those classes. I think there's probably, I mean, I, I went all the way into probably, I would say, through about uh, 12 to 13 guys that had first or second round grades. So I certainly think there's a lot of players that uh, you can get. Weatherspoon is one name that uh, his attitude is certainly uh, something that I think, as you would probably attest to, is probably the difference between him and and some of the other guys. I love Emmanuel Forbes Jr. out of Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I'm, the 170 pounds is a problem for a lot of NFL teams, so I'm sure he'll slide some. I think he has rare instincts and uh, football intelligence. And then Christian Gonzalez, I think he's probably another guy that I think uh, you know, should get attention at the top of most drafts. Uh, not great film, I think, at Colorado U. Uh, did a lot of his games out there in the Pac-12, and I think you kind of know what I'm talking about. I thought he was more of a, a inconsistent guy there, and then all of a sudden he changed uniforms, and it almost seemed like it gave him more confidence. That would be my issue with them. But then Deontay Banks, uh, Cam Smith. Uh, Smith had the problems with the penalties a little bit this past year, uh, but very talented player. And Deontay Banks, 
I, I think he, along with the guy that you named earlier, Joey Porter, those are two other guys that could or should get attention in round one. So, I mean, there's so many names, you run out of time. I'm curious to, to go to a, a league-wide kind of topic here where we've seen the quarterback position, the way it's used schematically. A lot of the college principals are, are now really more prominent in the NFL. And Lamar Jackson has, has been you know one of these seminal talents at the position. He's won an MVP. And we're seeing some quarterbacks who would be viewed as you know, dual threat, multi-dimensional kind of guys who are starting to get paid. It's great to see Jalen Hurts get paid by the Eagles the other day. Lamar Jackson's still at odds with the Ravens in whatever way right now. How, how do you see that position and, and why they haven't been able to come to terms? Well, I, I feel like the, the thing with Lamar, Anthony, is that one thing that, that, is, that I think has kind of been lost with this play over the last three years He's had these fast starts. If you go back to 2000 and, I mean, let's extrapolate the 2020 season and the 2019 season. You start off in 2021, I mean, he's coming out like gangbusters against the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Then the first four games of that season, he played pretty well. But when they had probably his best career game against Indianapolis in the comeback, they were down 22-3 to in that game, and then he struggled, I thought, after that week before getting injured late in the season. And then you fast forward to this season, same thing. Starts the year off very fast, and then, you know, the Jets game, they struggled most of that game against the defense. He comes through in the second half with three touchdowns, and then he has the big game in their loss to Miami and, and Tua Tagovailoa. And so what you have with Lamar Jackson after that Miami game – Again, uh, a fade again in the second before he got injured. I think that's something that people are kind of are discounting in this conversation. His play in each of the last uh, two seasons after the first month has really not been up to standard of the top quarterbacks in the league. I think he's kind of gotten a pass, which is the reverse, I think, of him coming out when he came out of school. He's gotten a little bit of a pass because of, because of just – how those seasons have started for him, not how they finished. There's a couple of quarterbacks when we think about, you know, where where Justin Fields is at in his development right now. And I've pointed to guys like like Jalen Hurts, like Tua Tonga-Vailoa, who, you know, came out reportedly and had even considered retirement after the concussion issues he suffered. But guys who got a couple of years into their career, Josh Allen, I've included in that convo as well, a couple of years into their QB development at the NFL level, who there were still questions, there was still uncertainty, and we've seen several examples here. Jalen Hurts is the most recent one, where even though Jury was still out after year two, then that third year is where things popped. What, what do you? How do you evaluate the early stretch of Justin Fields' career? And do you think what, what type of potential do you think he has moving forward? I think one of the big things for him when he came out of school, when I looked at him, I was concerned about was just the recognition. Uh, you know how fast could you process? And I think that was something that I thought took a better step this year. One of the games I thought you could kind of see the full. I guess potential of him was actually their loss uh, to Detroit. Uh, in that game, there were some instances where you could just see what he could be at his full fruition. But I still think there is uh, sometimes, you know, maybe I don't necessarily think that it always 
blinks quite as fast as it needs to. Uh, and that's probably the biggest weakness, I think, in this game. Physically, from a throwing perspective and, and all of those things, I think he's kind of – he's almost made it look easy at times. And I think that's why people, again, overlook some of the stuff in the pocket. But he took a lot of sacks in college, and that, you know, doesn't really necessarily always translate. It's kind of my concern with Bryce Young, Anthony. I think, mm. you know, you see some of the stuff that he does in terms of creation. Well, there's a reason for that. He's holding the ball, and I don't know that it translates all the time. And he's not as physically gifted as a Justin Fields. So I think uh, sacks, I think that's probably the number one thing I look at coming out for quarterbacks. One of my, I mean, because people say, well, he just didn't have an offensive line. Stop it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's not just about not having an offensive line. It's about you protecting your offensive line and protecting your linemen. And that's one of the big reasons that Russell Wilson, the most sacks ever in the first nine years of a career in the NFL, it got overlooked. I think sacks sometimes for quarterbacks can be a little bit selfish because it protects your stats. But in Justin Fields' case, I don't really see that. I think it's more of just him competing and, and kind of outrunning some of his mistakes. Uh, but I think he did see it better in the second half of the year. Yeah, that, that's a great comp, the the Russell Wilson comp, because he won so much in Seattle. And he wasn't – he still isn't one of these guys who's a, a high-level anticipatory thrower, but he's found ways to get by without that and make plays despite that. And kind of every quarterback can be, be built a little bit different in that regard. I love the Russell Wilson comp you make there. I, I do – I want to stick with the, these quarterbacks – expected at the top of the draft before I let you run here, Corey, because the, the Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud conversation, I've been having it since I, I called their game. They played in the All-American Bowl for NBC when they were coming out of high school. So I've been watching them closely since that stretch. I like them both, think each of them has the potential to flourish in the NFL, but it's going to be about the position that they're in here. If you're the Carolina Panthers and you've traded up to the top pick in the draft, who do you think Frank Reich should take? Well, I think with Frank Reich's, uh, in terms of the quarterbacks that he likes, I'm sure he wants to take C.J. Stroud. I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I mean, you would probably agree with that, but I don't yeah. think that's probably where they'll go. Right. I think it's because I don't know that in terms of what we just talked about, these dynamic new signal callers, and I do think their owner has something to do with the pick a little bit. I, people always trip me out when they don't think these owners get involved in some of these picks. <laughs> he's getting involved in who he, his opinion matters if he's gonna, you know, make your, you know, pay your check. But right. I do think that Bryce Young probably will be the selection. I, I would probably take Stroud. I think he would fit very well too. By the way, uh, in uh, Reich's offense. Uh, C.J. Stroud, I think it's a timing-based offense. There's some creativity. He's more than creative enough, I think, to get it done in some of the ways. I do think Young actually will fit in the offense as well, too, but I, I, I would take Stroud. Yeah, I could not agree more, man. I could not agree more. <laughs> no surprise, outstanding stuff from Corey Chavis. Like I said, DraftNastyMagazine.com is where you can find all his analysis leading up to Thursday night and through the weekend of draft coverage. Really appreciate you taking the time with me tonight, man. Man, thank you so much. I really love listening to you, man. So uh, keep up the great work. I certainly plan to, my friend. That is the great Corey Chavis. Over a decade in the National Football League, DraftNastyMagazine.com. And, and really, when you think about it, I know there's you know, former players who and current players who get to listen to this station quite a bit. And when you think about an example like Corey as well, 
there's such pride that myself and I know a lot of other former players take also just in a guy who, you know, he, he's done TV and radio and like you just heard can do that at a high level also, but also just started a business, decided that, you know, I don't want to just have a, a microphone stuck in my face, actually started a draft magazine and has flourished in that regard for over a decade as well, man. So it's just really cool to see that that sort of, you know, industrious type of personality, Vanderbilt guy, highly intelligent individual, and has has succeeded in every area of his life. So I always love, just love talking to Corey in general, but certainly love talking ball with him also. I'm going to continue talking ball on the other side of this timeout. I want to give you uh, my my assessment of the defensive line in this draft because really I haven't I haven't done that in detail on this station yet. And I want to let you know how I see some of the top defensive line prospects and how I rank some of the interior and edge defenders that are preparing to come out in this draft cycle. And we'll see who's on the board at number nine and who makes the most sense, in my opinion, for the Bears to go for. We'll do that as we're preparing to close out my third hour with you here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours. Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage shopify is here to help you grow whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person pos system wherever and whatever you're selling shopify has got you covered shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 15 percent better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we're back live with more anthony heron on 670 the score in odyssey station Coming down the home stretch half hour to go here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The 
Stewart, Anthony Heron. We've been covering a whole lot of different stuff. Talked a lot of football, talked a lot of baseball, both sides of town. And yes, we like to talk about both sides of town here. 630 Texter, we do that. We don't only talk about the Cubs, we talk about the Sox too. They're, they're both very intriguing teams, interesting teams, I mean, in, in my humble opinion. Um, so you don't need to be uh, you don't need to be upset. You hear us talking some White Sox on occasion too, but Cubs are fun. Cubs are winning. Cubs are pitching. Cubs are hitting for power. They're doing all those things that you need to do in baseball to be a quality ball club, and so that's why they're having success. We talked plenty of Cubs earlier in the show as well. I gave you my power rankings uh, of what what I feel like the Bears should prioritize most in this coming draft. The defensive line position I have at number one, offensive line at number two, and the backfield running back at number three. Now, I don't want to I don't want to overstate the importance of running back to the Bears because you know I do well one I feel like Deontay Foreman has and and will likely continue to gain yards as an NFL running back. So he's here in Chicago. It was one of the top rushing attacks yardage-wise in NFL history last season. Of course, a lot of that came from Justin Fields, both both tangibly and the, the schematic impact that Justin Fields as a weapon, as a cause for concern for the opposing defense, what that did to the Bears' ability to gain yards also. That was part of the reason Khalil Herbert got off. For, for yards at times here was because the defense is paying attention to Justin Fields. Some of those wide receiver plays, the jet sweeps and the like, they were successful at times because of the attention that the opposing defense pays to Bears quarterback Justin Fields. It's a, a similar impact that Mike Vick, one of my old teammates in Atlanta, and then the same thing happened for a while while he was in Philadelphia, where when you have a quarterback who's, who's so mobile and the offense gears towards misdirection and bootleg action and there's so much more of it even in the NFL now with the RPO schemes the run pass option and the use of the mesh point that Luke Getze was effectively able to add to the Bears offense as the season were on last year in the QB run game then you can exploit that with the opposing defense but it doesn't only mean your quarterback gains yards it means you have the the other running backs like Warwick Dunn some of his biggest and best seasons were while he was teamed with Mike Vick in Atlanta, Warwick Dunn was a really good player. He's a bad little man, but you know some of those yards were were credit to Mike Vick and the the attention the opposing defense had to pay to him as well. So the running back position, I you know I, I'm not going to sit here and overvalue it. In, in my opinion, what I would consider overvaluing it, and you know if the Bears took B. John Robinson, I, I I would not give Ryan Poles too hard a time about it. What I think is more likely, as far as a pick. That, that the Bears don't need as bad as they need help on the line of scrimmage. So if the Bears stay at number nine and they draft somebody who doesn't put their hand in the dirt for a living, they don't draft D-line, they don't draft O-line, well, I, I wouldn't give him a hard time about B. John Robinson because he's just I, I, he's going to be an exceptional playmaker in the National Football League. He is electricity personified with the football in his hands. The Bears could use some of that on offense. You know, I talked about it a number of times last season, the fact that the main playmaker, truly the only playmaker in my assessment 
that truly struck fear into the opposing defense just as a touchdown waiting to happen was their quarterback. He got the ball in his hands every snap. And so all the eyes, there's 22 eyeballs on Justin Fields every time the ball got snapped for the Bears. So when he would throw it to somebody else, defense would breathe a sigh of relief. When he would hand it to somebody else, whew, that D coordinator, he'd, he'd feel good about it because we know we can catch that guy. So the Bears need more people on offense that the opponent can't catch. And right now, at least last season, only dude they couldn't catch was Justin Fields. So, you know, if the Bears draft B. John Robinson, I, I would not lose a bunch of sleep over it. I just don't think it's that likely. What I think is more likely as a pick that, you know, I'll be sitting here on, on Thursday night when I'm, I'm going to be on with Chuck Swirsky, by the way. I've, I've been burying the lead on that after the first round is over. And I come on here on the score Thursday night after the first round of the NFL draft has ended. I'm going to be on the station, and as exciting as it is to be on the station after the first round of the NFL draft is over, after night one ends, not only am I going to be here talking to you, I'm going to be on here with Chuck Swirsky. I'm going to be on here with the Hall of Famer, talking football, talking NFL draft. Man, so that's going to be really, really exciting. We'll see. I'm Because I, I got some Bulls thoughts. I got some Bulls questions. It's going to be hard to spend three hours with Chuck and, and not get, get some Bulls combo in at some point too, but we will definitely be talking about the Bears' first-round pick, I mean, I'll, I'll use it. I'll stay as singular for now. Who knows what Ryan Pohl is going to do between now and then, you know, if you get multiple first-round picks. That's pie-in-the-sky stuff, though. I'm, I'm assuming the Bears are going to stay at number nine. I don't believe they're going to trade out of that top ten position, and I believe as they do, they are likely to draft someone on the line of scrimmage. Like I said, wouldn't lose a lot of sleep if they draft B. John Robinson instead. I, I, I would mind it if they drafted as much as I like Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't think that should be the pick. What I think would likely end up frustrating people as I come on the air with Chuck Swirsky Thursday night and we start taking some phone calls after the Bears draft, what I think is maybe going to be the frustrating pick that the Bears have that folks are going to be kind of up in arms about is that they're going to take like Devin Witherspoon or Joey Porter Jr. You know, they're, they're going to take a DB because there are some exceptional corners that are going to be on the board and available at number nine. And I, I could see where Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles, they're going to look at positional value. They're going to look at best player available. They're going to look at who can come in here. And the case I've been making is that the Bears need people who can come in from jump and play at a high level. Not just, are you better than what we have? Because in certain positions, that's just frankly not saying a whole lot. Like Brian Brzee, I like Brian Brzee. He can come in here and be one of the Bears' better defensive linemen. You don't want to draft Brian Brzee at number nine in the draft. You don't know if he's going to be on the field. He doesn't have a whole lot of, whole lot of production in college. And to someone on the text line, as we were talking about Jalen Carter a bit earlier in the show, there was a, I believe this was a, a 630 texter as well, different 630 texter who was, uh, who was referencing Jalen Carter's relative lack of production. Now, when you hear people like myself use the word production, productivity, and you know, I, I'll just speak for myself here, but I, I know I'm not alone. When we talk about production, certainly when I do, I'm not just talking about sacks and tackles for loss 
now th- that's that's production. You know, when you're looking at the stat book, those are things that will show up as statistics. But I try to define production differently from statistics. Now, stats are a part of production, but when I use the term production, I'm quite often talking about the the film and and how like for a, for an interior defensive lineman, there are guys who can be highly productive that don't sack the quarterback. Like Keanu Benton, who Corey Chavis was talking to me about a few minutes ago. He's not a guy who had big sack numbers in college, isn't going to have big sack numbers in the NFL. He's going to be a good interior defensive lineman, but stylistically, he's different. Mozzie Smith of Michigan is different than some of these guys, like Kalijah Cansey penetrating into the backfield. That's where Jalen Carter, he's got immensely productive film without necessarily being a guy who sacked the quarterback a bunch in Georgia's defense. There are so many reasons. I, I, I can spend a couple of minutes getting into some of the detail for why, because Jalen Carter, now to be clear, there were concerns about Jalen Carter's consistency of his motor, of the, the production of his film. There were some concerns for that even before the car crash became public and the multiple instances of, of driving well beyond the speed limit before those things became public, well before his pro day. Some of those concerns about the, the consistency of the conditioning, the effort of Jalen Carter, that, that was already there. But there's a whole lot of film of him just wrecking shop. There's a whole lot of film of him living in the opposing backfield. When you look at that college football playoff semifinal game, even you know, though the semifinal game was a, 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 a film where people came out of that saying, well, you know, I don't know, where did Jalen Carter go? How come he didn't show up that much? And Well, he didn't sack the quarterback a whole lot. But when you look at how that was maybe the game of C.J. Stroud's life because – he was showing so much ability to maneuver the pocket, to keep his eyes down the field, to extend the play and, and make throws on the move under duress. One of the main players that he was continually evading in the backfield was Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter was beating blocks. Jalen Carter was getting in the backfield when he was on the field. Now, he had to take some plays off, but hey. I've told y'all this a bunch. D-line is the least mentally taxing position on the field, but it is the most physically taxing position on the field. So a guy the size of Jalen Carter facing that Ohio State offense, what ended up being the best offense in college football last season, really not mad at Jalen Carter Carter for for taking a few plays off at at 320, 330 pounds, chasing around C.J. Stroud all over the place. But – you're talking about a guy who's going to be, you know, being evaluated as a top five level pick. You do want to see consistency of motor, consistency of conditioning. So those concerns are valid. But when you hear me use the word production and when I talk about things in that regard, I'm not just talking about whether or not somebody put up big sack numbers. When you watch the film of Jalen Carter, you see him beating blocks. Sometimes he's beating blocks and chasing ball carriers and quarterbacks into other teammates who are going to be high draft picks like Nolan Smith, who also didn't have exceptional sack numbers either. So you're kind of getting a theme where there's a lot of guys on that Georgia defense who didn't put up huge individual numbers statistically, but it's a lot of it is because the stats were dispersed throughout all these exceptional talents that the Bulldogs had across their front seven and in their secondary on defense. But let me take a time out and come back out. I'm going to stay on this topic a little bit before I close out tonight's show. And I will get into it. I'm going to give you a few rankings, not necessarily 
prospects at large, but guys I think make sense for the Bears and, and how I think the Bears should be evaluating certain individual players on the defensive front that suit them that they should consider drafting. But I wanted to give you kind of that, that, that detail on how I view some of the terms you hear me using. Has been some reaction to it on the text line? So I wanted to make sure that was understood when you hear me kind of describing and explaining things here. And I'll come back and, and give you some specific player rankings on, on how I view some of the prospects that will be coming off the board Next week, and who knows, somebody's getting drafted by the Bears somewhere on Thursday night. We will see who that ends up being. But I do want to rank some of those individuals for you on the other side of this timeout. So I'll be right back here in one moment before I close out this show for tonight on The Score. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We're back live with more Anthony Heron on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. This might even be before my time. Tyler? I'm not even sure what the name of this is. What is this one called, Tyler? Do you have a like? A, is there a screen that lets you know what what you're even playing? What is this one called? No, I personally love this song. It's "Once in a Lifetime" by the Talking Heads. All right, "Once in a Lifetime" by the Talking Heads. Let's see, what year are we talking with that? Does this predate me? Looking for a year. Haven't happened upon the year for once in a lifetime yet. All right, here we go. Nineteen eighty. All right, doesn't it? It's about the same. I'm, I'm a few months older than Once in a Lifetime by the Talking Heads. There we go. November of nineteen eighty. So about a year. I'm about a year older than Once in a Lifetime by the Talking Heads. Love so that. I, song. I will say this for the for the couple of times we've worked together, Tyler Farringo. I, I do appreciate that your your musical stylings, that your taste for bump music don't all reside in this in this century. You know, you you're able to go to the previous century, the previous millennia and uh and and pick out a few songs to take us to and bring us back from break, which I appreciate. I I do like that about you so far. It's funny um, that you mention that because yeah. I, even though I am young, like mm-hmm. I grew up around family that literally just play like the classic rock stuff. So like okay. essentially that's what I grew up on. So like all the stuff that I play, that's 
that's what I like is just mostly the 70s, 80s type of stuff. So right. this is like legit my favorite type of music. So then would you define yourself as an old soul or is that a bit of an overstatement? I would say definitely more more of that type of sense, yeah, mu- music-wise. Retro musically, is that kind of your, your deal? All right. Getting to know you. Getting to know Tyler Farrango. That's cool. Um, so last, uh, last couple of segments here, I've been talking about the NFL draft. We had a great convo with Corey Chavis earlier on. But let me let you know how I rank some of these individual players. Let's start on the, on the interior of the defensive line. And – a lot of this has become, within the front seven on defense, a lot of guys have become kind of positionless with how they're viewed. And so, you know, you'll see draft rankings where certain guys are, are called defensive tackles when really they played mainly end in college. You'll see certain guys who are listed as defensive ends, even though they're truly outside linebackers or vice versa, a guy who's an outside linebacker who rushed from a three-point stance most of his career. But that's just kind of the modern game and some of that is by projection but for the Bears purposes a guy like Jalen Carter now I'll I'll just stick with the tangible as a pure prospect just the film itself of Jalen Carter there's not a doubt that he's the guy who if you only pay attention to just the film which Ryan Poles and the Bears have to pay attention to much more than that but just grading who can come in and do what the Bears will really benefit from them doing within the scheme they run Jalen Carter is hands down. He is the guy who can come in and perform the interior defensive line position at an extremely high level, and that's the position that the Bears scheme would benefit from most of just being a force of nature right there in the middle of their defense. I don't believe the Bears are going to draft Jalen Carter, though. Frankly, even if, I don't think he's going to be there at nine, even if he is. If he's there at nine, it's going to be because eight other teams passed on him. You know, Okay, if we eliminate a couple of the quarterback needy teams, let's say at least a handful of teams who didn't draft a QB will have passed on Jalen Carter if he's still sitting there at nine for the Bears. I believe the Bears would likely be another team that would pass on Jalen Carter at that point. That's not what I'm hearing from Hallis Hall. Things are fairly buttoned up uh, from that regard. I'm not hearing that from anybody up there. I'm just telling you what my my supposition is, what, what my what my perception is of what the Bears value at this point in their development. And frankly, Ryan Poles has even alluded to that a bit publicly as well. But if all the other, let's call them red flags, weren't there with Jalen Carter, that would be a guy that would be a slam dunk for the Bears as far as any of the defensive linemen who they would really benefit from. So if it ain't Jalen Carter, man, how great would it be if Will Anderson were there at number nine? He won't be, but that would be the number two guy as far as a defensive lineman that would be outstanding for the Bears to be able to get out of this draft. Now, he is not, as an individual prospect, he's not a guy who's of the same ilk of, you know, just as a projected prospect coming out of college, he's not in the same vein as Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, um, Jadavian Clowney, these you know guys who are viewed as like generational, generationally gifted specimens coming off the edge. Will Anderson isn't in that, you know, one percent of one percent kind of group physically, but he's well above average and uber productive. When you want to talk production, for uh, some of the texters out there who were texting as I was talking about production a little bit earlier in the hour, 
Will Anderson has all of it for you. He, he's got the statistical production and sack numbers and tackle for loss numbers and accolades, and he has also just got the pure block-defeating film production as well. He's one of these guys who's going to grade out at a high level and make plays at a high level, and he, he can get those things done. I would put Tyree Wilson of Texas Tech next on that list, even though they would benefit more from interior defensive lineman, defensive tackle type. I'll put a, another edge guy there in the number three spot in Tyree Wilson. And I'll say this, as the Bears get into some of those later picks, some of the picks they have available in the second round, I don't think Kalaja Kansi is still going to be there once you get deep into round two where the Bears are selecting. But if a lot of folks are scared off by his height being just over six foot, his weight being right around 280, his arms being really short, the film is immense. The film is sensational. I think he's going to make plays in the NFL, and I'd be completely comfortable with the Bears taking him late in round number two. I don't think he's going to be there. I, I frankly think he's going to come off the board in round one because his film is just that great. But if he doesn't, and he's there in round two, I got zero issues with the Bears saying that's a guy that's going to come in here and light up our meeting room and light up our practice field and be all about the hits principle. I, I'm guessing Matt Eberflus has likely fallen in love with Kalijah Kansi and will go to sleep on the night of round one if Kalijah Kansi is on the board and he's going to wake up on day two trying to convince Ryan Poles to trade up and go get a Kalijah Kansi. I just think he fits so much of the intangibles that the Bears hope for. And yes, his film is rock star level production on film also. I'm going to have a lot more time to continue talking about this with you leading into the draft. I'm very excited about this coming Monday night where I will be on with Dave Weinstead and Patrick Manley. We'll be talking about everything that we can in discussing the NFL draft at large and the Bears' needs in the NFL draft. We'll have a few hours with you from 6 to 9 on Monday. And then everything that's going to happen headed towards the draft. And then after the first round ends on Thursday evening, I will be right here on the score with the Hall of Famer Chuck Swirsky, the voice of your Chicago Bulls right here on The Score. Me and Chuck will be with you for a few hours that night. This night itself has been all kinds of fun, talking baseball, talking football, talking both sides of town, and some of the top storylines in the Chicago sports scene. My guests to the my thanks to the guests who were able to join me on the show tonight. Appreciate Lamont Pope. Appreciate Evan Altman being with me, and my guy Corey Chavis as well. And my thanks to Tyler Farringol on the ones and twos. Appreciations and salutations to all of you listening in to Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.